Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one learned page of Talmud each day. But wait a minute. What does it actually mean to be learned? For those of us bothering with this podcast, engaged with studying the Talmud, it isn't just a rhetorical question. I mean, here we are, reading one page of this 2,711-page masterpiece, and we are halfway through our journey. We've read half of the Talmud already. And yet, if you're anything like me, I think it's safe to say you don't really feel that much more learned, do you? I mean, I sure don't. I'll be honest, most days on this podcast, I'm just hanging on to dear life, doing my best to follow the rabbi's logic and struggling to recall what I've read only yesterday, before another day dawns and another page appears and I have to learn and retain new arguments and new ideas and new complications. Going through the Talmud, don't get me wrong, is a great, great pleasure, but it's also frequently frustrating. And here's the good news. On today's pages, Kiddushin 49 and 50, the rabbis tell us that they know just how we feel. Have a listen. If a man they write, says to a woman, be betrothed to me on the condition that I am a student of Torah. One does not say that he must be a student who is scholarly like Shimon ben Azai or like Shimon ben Zuma, who were called students despite their great knowledge as they were never ordained. Rather, it means anyone who, when he is asked one matter in any topic of his studies, responds appropriately and can say what he has learned. And this suffices even if his statement was in the tractate of Kala. Similarly, if a man says to a woman, be betrothed to me in the condition that I am a scholar, one does not say that he must be like the scholars of Yavne, like Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues, the great, great rabbis. Rather, it is referring to anyone who, when he is asked about a matter of wisdom on any topic related to the Torah, responds appropriately and can say what he has learned. This statement may not sound like much, but really, it's stunning. These are the rabbis of the Talmud we're talking about, so you would expect that when using learnedness as a yardstick to determine whether someone could betroth his sweetheart, that they would say something like, got nothing to offer a gal, save for your smarts? Great, then make sure you've learned the entire Mishnah by heart, say, or that you could recite at least 50 psalms cold, or that you're otherwise sufficiently impressive in your intellectual prowess. But the rabbis do none of that. Instead, they ask for really the lowest common denominator. We don't need you to be like Rabbi Akiva and the great scholars, they say. All we need you to do is be able to accurately say what it is that you've learned. And here, as per usual, the rabbis were a few millennia ahead of the eight ball. In a famous experiment, the psychologist Carol Dweck offered children a bunch of very difficult problems to solve. Some of the kids were told that they had to be very smart to solve the challenge. And soon, no surprises there, many of them just gave up because they determined that, yeah, maybe they just simply weren't smart enough. But other kids were praised just for their effort. They were told that they did all right by working really hard and trying their best. And these kids, 
eventually aced the challenge because they failed. But then they learned how to fail better and they came up with new ideas and new approaches and they didn't give up until they got it right. Sadly, as prevalent as this insight about praising effort, not outcome, has become in recent decades, we keep neglecting to heed its wisdom. Our modern epics are all about superheroes, people who, through some blessed accident or another, acquire tremendous powers overnight. We obsess over miracle drugs that suppress our appetites in one fell swoop and make us lose a lot of weight in the course of a week or two. We flock to apps that promise us a toned body in a jiffy or the ability to speak French like a native by the end of the month. We don't want effort or proficiency. We want mastery, and we want it now. The rabbis, hallelujah, know better. They, who had spent a lifetime sitting and studying diligently, know that the best you could do is just try your best. Recall what you've learned and hope that sometime, way down the line, you'll kind of maybe get the hang of it. We still have half the Talmud ahead of us, so may we all learn from their example. This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you're really going to love the book I wrote. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book, and it's coming out in just a few short weeks. You could pre-order it now at your local bookstores directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is a smile. Once you've pre-ordered the book, take a picture of your receipt, just a snap on your phone would do, and follow the instructions at tabletm.ag slash pre-order. That's tabletmlikemary.ag slash pre-order. Then you will be invited to an exclusive star-studded virtual book launch event and get all sorts of other pleasant surprises. As always, please go and rate and review. Take one on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scarmuccia, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we've made your day a little more Talmudic.